You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Plenty to keep us busy over the next 60 minutes. Of course, you know the deal. One hour, we run through it all. The number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. On Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. Daily poll question is officially up for today. We will get to that in uh, just a little bit, as we do every single uh, Monday through Friday. But a lot of stuff to do. We'll have our, of course, moment of inspiration, 530-ish. But uh, where to begin? Well, where to begin, I guess. Do you ever find yourself in one of those conversations that you just have no interest in being a part of? You're looking around and you're like, How the hell did I get roped into this, right? Maybe it's some topic your wife keeps bringing up. Maybe you're at a party. It's that one person that you you got stuck talking to. You're just looking for the exit. Whatever it is, that's that conversation that you are just tired of having, don't have any interest in, and it's just like nails on a chalkboard. We've all been in that situation. And we're all in that situation kind of right now. Because we have Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball, the conversation surrounding this por- the, 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 the sport at this point, is nails on a chalkboard. It is a mosquito flying by your ear. It's a dentist drill. It's your kid practicing their instrument over and over and over. It's Nickelback playing a concert at the DMV. It's not good. But back they come again to embarrass themselves again. So it was Saturday night. The Players Association rejected uh, the uh, owner's latest proposal to begin the 2020 season, which you knew was going to happen simply because it did not include 100% of their prorated salaries. That has been the one thing that the players have said all along and have not been willing to budge off that point for any reason whatsoever. So you knew that when you heard that the owners had a new proposal, the league had a new proposal, and it still did not include 100% of their prorated salaries, well, you knew that this was going to be the, the result, that it was going to get rejected. The only beneficial thing to come out of it is what we knew all along. The executive director of the Players Association, Tony Clark, issued a statement saying it appears further dialogue with the league would be futile. Yes, you could have said that several weeks ago. He also added, it's time to get back to work. Tell us when and where. Now, it was a lengthier statement than that. But to go into further detail about it would be about as fun as having your doctor tell you, you know what, you got to schedule an appointment with the proctologist. I'm not going there. The main points are the players are done negotiating and they are now willing to accept, maybe not accept, but willing to hear from the owners about where and when you expect this to show up. And Major League Baseball has been pretty steadfast in in having this part of the agreement from back in March that Rob Manfred, the baseball commissioner, has the right to institute a season of however many games as long as it includes 
100% of the prorated salary. So the Baseball Players Association say they want an answer by the end of the day. Whether or not they get it today, it's more clear than ever that Rob Manfred is just going to institute whatever amount of games they want. Some numbers have been floated as 48. Some people have said it'll be somewhere in the 50 range. It seems like that has been, this has been the end game since that agreement was come up with back in March. And if you keep basically presenting the same offer time and time again, and it keeps getting rejected time and time again, it certainly seems like you're just killing time before you do what you want to do. So before we play any sound, you know, it's funny, I keep hearing, like every time that you hear about this story, if it's Jeff Passan, if it's uh, Tim Kirchin, if it's Buster Owen, whoever you hear from, they will always include some part of it that is, you know what, there's just so much distrust between the two sides. You know, there's just no common ground between the two sides. These two sides just don't trust each other. You'll hear that over over and over again. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Mainly because they try to screw each other every chance they get. There's at least a portion of the owners who would love to use this time to break the union. And the union really is no better. They will short-circuit any conversation about anything long-term if it doesn't fit their immediate interest at the time. So, yeah, both sides would do anything to screw over the other side. So, yeah, of course, it's not going to be any trust. The two sides are not trustworthy. So just institute the season and be done with it, right? That's what you're thinking, right? Well, if that's the case, just put the number of games up there. If it's 50 games, if it's 55 games, whatever it is. Well, problem with that is, is there's still not been any safety guidelines that have been agreed to between the two sides. And they would have to agree on any safety guidelines. So I'm sure that those negotiations, like all the other negotiations, will go swimmingly. I keep hearing, well, you know what? Rob Manfred and Tony Clark just have to meet face-to-face. I don't even know if at this point they could agree on where to meet. Then there was the story from the Post on Saturday that baseball is negotiating a new TV deal with Turner. And not that it would give teams money right this second, but it's revenue for the future. Not exactly helping the negotiations. Was that Marshan? Was that Andrew Marshan? You are not helping Andrew. Stay out of it right now. Don't be breaking as many stories as you break. And people keep reporting as if it's news that if you haven't already figured out, this does not bode well for the next CBA. Let, let, let me put it, I'm not in the room, but I think everybody should be in agreement at this point. There's no conversation that the two sides in baseball could have about what to order for lunch, where to go for a meeting, to far loftier goal, right? The CBA is the biggest. They're not going to be able to agree on anything Right now, there's nothing that they will agree with. And I'm not going to bore you with the CBA conversation because I don't want you to change the channel. But Buster only had an interesting article up on ESPN.com, and I think it's still up there right now on the front page, about how short-term greed is ruining baseball. And I'm sure if you're if given the chance to respond, 
the owners would like you to know, well, wait a second, don't just highlight our short-term greed. We have long-term greed as well. How dare you only focus on our short-term greed? But part of what uh, Buster hits on during the article is that Major League Baseball right now is suffering from the uh, Jeff Lunau effect. You remember Jeff Lunau, former GM of the uh, the Astros, right? The ultimate uh, kind of the ends justify the means mindset, right? Be it tanking in his time with the Astros, be it uh, manipulating service time for players, be it trading for Robert Asuna right after uh, he served that suspension for domestic violence, or be it, of course, the systematic cheating program that the Astros instituted. You remember that one, right? Well, look, I don't necessarily agree with the premise. Uh, the headline is why we don't have baseball blame the Astros. As much as I would like to blame the Astros on everything that the Astros have actually done, I don't know necessarily that the Astros are responsible for the reason why we don't have baseball. But one thing that Buster did hit on in the article that it's hard to disagree with, I think it's impossible. In terms of sports punchlines, Major League Baseball is right up there with the terms the Knicks and the butt fumble. I completely agree with that because right now, Major League Baseball is an absolute joke, given that all these sports seem like they're on the road. Now, look, maybe in a month from now, things will seem different. That does not seem that uh, far-fetched, that, that the world could seem far different in a negative sense. The second wave of coronavirus, things that are unforeseen right now, not being able to get back on the field, whatever. But Major League Baseball can't even get out of the house without tying their own shoes together and falling down the stoop. So, yeah, Major League Baseball is absolutely a joke. They are absolutely a punchline. But you know what? With those other punchlines, punchlines can be funny. Major League Baseball is just an annoyance, and it's a topic I don't really get the sense that anyone really seems interested in having. So the players union said that they're done negotiating. I'm guessing, I'm guessing that that's the first thing that the league will actually agree with. And that before too long, be it today, be it tomorrow, we'll finally find out the number of games that they plan on playing. And it seems like they've had kind of been set on that from jump. But let's hear some sports uh, sound as, of course, uh, the baseball conversation is one that um, is first and foremost on this Monday morning. Here's Jeff Passan from SportsCenter yesterday morning saying that um, basically the conversations between the two sides are done. It's so difficult to say any of this right now, Hannah, because the two sides have been talking past one another for going on two months right now. You look at the proposals that each side has given, and it's almost like they've been completely ignoring the other side. These have not been negotiations. These haven't even been discussions. And yet the ball is in Major League Baseball's court at this point. Per its March agreement with the union, it has the ability to impose a season of its desired length. Rob Manfred and others have talked about a season in the range of 48, 50 games, somewhere in that neighborhood. But at this point, 
the uh, the league could come back to the union and say, okay, you have a choice. We're going to put on either a 48 or 50 game season with a regular amount of playoffs, or we're going to put on a maybe 60 or 62 game season with expanded playoffs. You players choose. And this seems to be the end game at this point where we finally figure out just how much baseball is going to be played. All right, so there's Jeff Passan from SportsCenter. Here is Mark Teixeira on why the players just won't budge on the uh, prorated salary portion of the uh, agreement from back in March. The reason is that the, the players lost the, the round of negotiations back in 2016. You know, if you remember, the owners got their salary cap. Now, they didn't call it a salary cap in 2016, but they set these low luxury tax thresholds to where it acted as a salary cap, and now you have a bunch of players and a bunch of agents saying, wait a second, my free agents, my my great players aren't getting the contracts that we expected. And so in 2020, we're sitting here and the players are basically saying, we lost the last one, we're going to win this argument. And so I totally agree with you. It wasn't about you know, what's best for baseball, what's best for, for both sides. It was about winning the argument. And because that's the place that the owners and the players are at right now, the, the, the fans are the ones that are ending up hurting here because we're going to either have no season or a very short season. All right, so there's uh, Mark Teixeira on uh, Game Night on ESPN Radio. Uh, I would kind of disagree. I feel like I have not sensed, and I'm a huge baseball fan, I have not sensed some outrage from baseball fans. I think it's much more, at this point, apathy. You, A, have far greater concerns in your life right now, whether than they play an 80-game season, a 100-game season, a 50-game season. So I don't think anybody really can. Now, we all want to have sports back. We want as many sports back. We want life back to normal as much as possible. But I have not gotten this uh, sense of, of outrage from anybody at this point. Maybe there was at the beginning when you saw that this is the way that, that, that things were going to go. But at this point, after all the back and forth and all the conversations and all the negotiations, I just get the, uh, the sense that anybody, everybody's just like, you know what, if you play a season, great. If not, I'll live with it. So I think it's much more apathy, which is far more dangerous for the sport than, than anger. But our poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, seems like just a matter of time, right, before Rob Manfred forces the uh, shortened season. Assuming, nobody knows exactly how many games, but assuming it's around 50 games, which better describes where you're at? Would you be more in the boat of, you know what, 50 games, I'll take it. Or 50 games, you know what, don't bother. Those are your two options. That's the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, coming up. I think you know my answer, but uh, I'll give you my answer coming up. Also, we got to get into, apparently, you know, Major League Baseball. They're at the tippy, tippy top of the dysfunction mountain, right? Like, they, they're they at the peak. They have their, their flag sit, sitting right there. But not everything's all hunky-dory with the NBA either. Faction of players not uh, all on board with restarting play and – that movement, if there is a movement, has a uh, very interesting person leading that movement. Not the person that you would ever really choose to lead a movement, but we'll get into that. Plus, did you see this story about the Yankees? Possibly 
this scandal about them cheating. Big headline, Judge is going to unseal this letter that allegedly shows that Major League Baseball hid the Yankees' sign-stealing scandal. Oh, is it big news? Big news! Is it, though? One segment in the books and a lot of focus on Major League Baseball. I promise you, I will not do that to you again. Like I, I, at this point, the, the 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 business conversation. Like anytime I hear anybody talk about the current environment in baseball and how it's going to uh, affect the uh, next CBA, it's like woo. I just tune right out. I mean, it is just I, nails on a chalkboard. There's no better uh, description of it than that. But I will just reference the poll question, which is that uh, Rob Manfred, it's only a matter of time, maybe it's today, that they're going to institute whatever the, the number of games they want to play, right? The owners have that right. They are going to use that right. It seems like it's probably going to be about 50 games. It's not going to be 80. Remember when we were having the conversation of whether or not, is 80 games enough to, to have a representative season? Now it's already down to 50, and we're still you know going back and forth. But uh, which better describes where you're at? If it is 50 games or somewhere around that 48, 52, whatever, uh, is it I'll take it, uh, I'll take a season, or B, don't bother? Well, look, uh, app, it's, it would be far better for me as a host to come on here and start yelling and screaming and being angry at this side and angry at that side. I mean, it just makes for, for, for more entertaining radio. But i got to be honest with you, at this point, the, the conversation's been going on so long it's almost like the uh, the reference in Seinfeld about uh, the rainforest. Why don't we just nuke the rainforest so we can just get rid of it as a topic of conversation? We don't have to have the same tired conversations time and time again. So if I had a vote, I would probably say at 50 games, yeah, you know what, I will take it. But it's not like if it if it's if it doesn't work out, right? Like if the the health and safety issues pop up. Uh, it won't take me a lot to to convince me to join the don't bother crowd. Let's put it that way. And that's a really bad sign for baseball that even is a dwindling number of people care about a season that one of the people that does, me, doesn't really care. That's a real bad sign for the future of baseball. So that's the poll question. It's up on Twitter. It's uh, at Gordon Damer. There are some other topics to uh, to get into. And uh, one of them is uh, that the NBA, back on Friday, now we did not have this in time because it had happened later in the day, but apparently there was this conference call with about, I mean, every day with the conference calls. Conference call on Friday, up to 100 players voicing concerns about the restarting of play. Adrian Wojnarowski's uh, article points out that one person made an impassioned plea for players to make a stand to sit out the season and not rejoin things in Orlando whenever they get up and running, which looks like, uh, what is it, July 30th? And that that person, that point man, was Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving of the Brooklyn Nets, according to Woj, made that impassioned plea for players to make a stand and sit out the season's resumption in Orlando. Well, look, I have gone through all the different articles about the story, and we'll hear from uh, from Brian Windhorst in a second. It's really kind of tough to gauge, get a real gauge on what Kyrie Irving's point was. Part of it seems like it was about support for protests over racism. Part of it, though, also seems like he has concerns about health and safety issues. Part of it seems like 
it's a, a, a money argument. I'm not really sure where he's coming from. But the fact that it's Kyrie Irving and his reputation as someone who always seems to have a problem with everything is not going to help him here. Like if I asked you, if I told you, hey, you know, this is the environment. The NBA seems like they're going to get ready to return, blah, blah, blah. These are the details. Orlando, Bubble City, July 30th. And I said to you, hey, you know what? I'm not going to tell you who it is. You have to guess. But there's this there's one person who has now kind of pushed back against that, who has a has 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 a problem with the, the, the plan set forth now that the plan has already been agreed to. Right. They've already agreed to the plan. And now all of a sudden there's this this faction of players who's not on board with the plan. And there's one person who's kind of been like the point man for this. I don't think it would take you very long to come up with the, the name Kyrie Irving. Now, part from this is from Woj's article, and this part at least is 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 up for grabs, right? Like this part you can you can debate on either side, right? Here's from Woj. Once we start playing bad, and this is from an unnamed player who's kind of sees where Kyrie Irving is coming from. Once we start playing basketball again, the news cycle will turn from systematic racism to who did what in the game last night. It's a crucial time for us to be able to play and blend that impact, uh, blend and blend that and impact what's happening in our communities. One widely respected NBA player told ESPN, we're asking ourselves where and how can we make the biggest impact? So that's a part, the the the, the social aspect, right? The racism uh, protests and all that stuff. And look, I would disagree with that. I think that having the platform of games gives you the bigger stage rather than sitting out and taking part in protests, I think if you want to gain the biggest amount of eyeballs, I would think playing games and using that platform as a way to, you know, promote whatever angle of the protest you want to. But at least that's a debatable point, right? You could argue that one way or another, that this is bigger than games right now. Okay, fine. You could argue that, whatever. But as I said, it doesn't seem like that's Kyrie Irving's only point. And I don't know necessarily that he has a real, you know, like, I don't know that his point is all that well thought out in his own head. According to Jeff Goodman, Kyrie Irving also has apparently an issue in terms of players getting paid. Uh, quoted from that conference call, Kyrie Irving said, quote, there's only 20 guys actually getting paid, and I'm part of that. Let's not pretend there's not a tiered system purposely to divide us all. So apparently Kyrie Irving now wants, um, I'm not exactly sure what, but the point that he's making there about only 20 guys are getting paid and that the system is there, is designed to divide players over money uh, is actually 180 degrees in the opposite direction. The system in place in the NBA actually holds back Guys like Kyrie Irving and the, the true superstars in the league. Superstars in the league based on the impact of superstar players and just in terms of wins and losses, in terms of marketing, probably should make more money. It actually holds back the superstar. So I'm not exactly sure what his point there is. And then apparently there's also an angle to Kyrie's position um, that it seems like what he is telling both league and team officials is different than what he is saying to players. I, look, I just know 
even if I heard Kyrie Irving speak, I was a player, right? And I heard what he had to say, and I generally agreed with it. I would have a hard time allowing him to be a spokesman for anything. Based on his reputation, uh, I don't know what's true and what's not true, but he has certainly gained the reputation as a guy who seems to have a problem with everything. And for him to now be bringing up these issues when it seems like most players are kind of on board. And look, the, 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 the idea of quarantining and being away from your family, I think that those are some legitimate concerns. But even as legitimate concerns, I don't think that I would allow Kyrie Irving to be the person that speaks for me. All right, here's Brian Windhorst uh, on uh, SportsCenter saying that Kyrie is not the leader of something like this. I don't suspect that it will. Um, well, I think Kyrie's message is authentic and important and could lead to the NBA and the Players Union working together to use the platform in Orlando to let players make statements and, and have discussions. Um, well, that's all positive. I, I just don't think that Kyrie is the kind of guy who's focused enough to lead something like this. Um, and I, you know, if you pay attention or learned about Kyrie or watched him or listened to him over the last decade, I think one of the things you see is he's a little bit unfocused at times. So, um, like I said, I respect the message. I just don't think he is the leader of this type of a thing. Um, and so I, I do believe that the bubble will go forward. Do I think there could be players staying home for a number of reasons? Uh, yes, but I don't think that this will derail it. Yeah, I think Brian Windhorst might have a, a job as a politician with the way that he presented that in the nicest way possible, basically saying that, yeah, players are not going to be following Kyrie Irving's lead. Uh, and it's kind of tough. As I said, I don't know exactly what his point is because it seems like he's got – it's almost like a tree that's got different branches. Like he has different issues here and there. And even if you're a player that generally he agrees with him, uh, I just don't think that he is built – to be the, the, the leader, to be the spokesman, to be the person driving the movement for even if you do agree with what he has to say. All right. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. So that's the, that, that's the, uh, the other big story from, uh, you know, from the weekend about the NBA. And, and I would think that even with these concerns out there and even with the, 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 the protocols, the safety protocols in place that the NBA has, I'm sure there's going to be ongoing conversations about that to make as many players comfortable as possible. Um, but uh, Kyrie Irving's involvement in this, uh, I don't think, um, is, is going to be one that all of a sudden fractures uh, players, especially when you consider, like, the, the the main teams, right? Like, the real title contenders, they're not, nothing's going to derail them from wanting to play. I don't even think Kyrie Irving's message is going to be enough to get players on the teams that really don't have a chance at all to kind of derail them from, from being part of uh, of the restart plan at the end of July. The waiting is over! The New York Rangers are the Stanley Cup champions! And this one will last a lifetime! No more forces! This is unbelievable! These people have waited a long time! Let the celebration begin. All 
right, so there you go. That was the uh, that was yesterday, the anniversary of the Rangers winning the Cup in '94. Of course, uh, first time in uh, 54 years, right? Although, you know, 54 years. I remember back then, 54 years seemed like it was like, oh my God, 54 years. I mean, the Knicks are not that far behind right now. And you think it was crazy when the Rangers won, and it was. If the Knicks ever won a title, oh my goodness. But yesterday was a day we actually had a couple of different options for moment of inspiration. It's not necessarily inspiring, but the other option for yesterday was uh, the second spitter. June 14th, 1987. Mets, Phillies, were enjoying a beautiful afternoon in the right field stands when a crucial Hernandez error opens the door to a five-run Phillies ninth, cost the Mets the game. Our day was ruined. (laughs) There was a lot of people, you know, they're waiting by the players' parking lot. Now, we're coming down the ramp. Newman was in front of me. Hernandez was coming toward us. As he passes us, Newman turns and says, Nice game, pretty boy. (laughs) Hernandez continued past us up the ramp. Then, a second later, something happened that changed us in a very deep and profound way from that day forward. He spit on us. Yeah, he spit on him. No, it wasn't him. It was Roger McDowell. But, of course, the clip from Seinfeld there, the second spitter, also June 14th. So June 14th, a uh, historic day. We had some options for the uh, moment of inspiration. I don't know how spitting on somebody would be inspiring, but, you know, it's a, it's a reference, right? It's a reference. Although not everybody knows it because, Brian, you said you did not watch – you were too young for Seinfeld? No, I wasn't too young for Seinfeld because I watched Martin and Fresh Prince. Uh-huh. So, like, it just didn't I, it, it wasn't in your wheelhouse. Yeah, it didn't appeal to me at first. And every time I would want to watch it, it was like already like in season three or something like that. So I'd like be a little lost. So, right. Well, it's a sick. I mean, sitcoms you can kind of pick up. Uh, you know, it's not like a real storyline. But yeah, no. Look, uh, and this was before the DVR option and right. all that stuff. So it's a little tougher. Um, sure. And I felt like every time I watched Martin or because my cousin would watch it, he was older. He was like 10 years older than me. I would watch it with him. So I was like, OK, let me watch this. But it depends. Like a Seinfeld was a different ball game, I guess. Yeah. that's You know, there's more and more people, you know, as, as time goes. It doesn't seem that long ago to me, but uh, it is. It's a long time ago now. So. Uh, all right. So there you go. Your moment of inspiration for this uh, Monday morning. It is the Gordon Damer Show, our poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, all about uh, the baseball season. seems like just a matter of time before Rob Manfred institutes some form of a season. We'll see what number that is at. Originally, it seemed like 48 games seemed like the number. Uh, various reports here over the last couple of days seem like it'll be more, slightly more than that, maybe 50, maybe 52. So our poll question is, what better describes, if it's 50, what better describes where you're at? Either I'll take it, I need some baseball, I need some sports, or you know what? Don't bother. And uh, at least so far, it's close, but uh, at least so far, the don't bother crowd, and I would not be surprised if that wins the poll. I'm just interested to see like what level of apathy is there. And I don't even know if people are actually telling the truth, right? Like, in your heart right now, you probably feel like, you know what? Don't bother. But if the season were to be actually canceled or the season were to be actually played, you know, you would probably sit there and and watch at least some games. Maybe you're not as diehard as you would ordinarily be. Maybe you're not as diehard as what some other fans are. But uh, you can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter at Gordon Dammer. So I did want to hit on this other story, which came up. What was it on Friday? I think it was federal judge on Friday said he is going to unseal a letter that allegedly 
shows the Yankees engaged in a more serious sign-stealing scheme than baseball revealed back in 2017. You remember, 2017, that was the time where the Yankees got caught uh, using the bullpen phone, the Red Sox got caught with the Apple Watch, and Rob Manfred came out at the time and said, okay, look, this stuff might be going on, but cut it out because the next time I'm going to drop the hammer. Now, the Yankees want the letter to remain you know, private because they say it could cause significant damage to the team's reputation. Now, according to the Post, the letter will reveal we don't really know what the letter will reveal but according to the post Yankees improperly used a dugout phone in a season before 2017 so they I don't know what that means improperly used a dugout phone so maybe we'll get more more details on that the second part is that in 2015 and 2016 some Yankee players stationed themselves in the replay room in an attempt to steal opponent signs and then relayed that information to runners on second base so they could try to tell the hitter what was coming. Now, the Post, which has kind of been on top of this whole story, had another part of it where they basically said, this is the headline, Yankees cheating scandal is a total sham. Now, look, I don't know. Maybe there will be details that come out of this letter that we don't already know. But it certainly seems like a couple of things. A. We already know this, right? The rules on all of this at the time that we're talking, 2015, 2016, 2017, were far more lax. Seems like a lot of teams, if not all teams, were doing similar things. We've heard about the, the use of the, the replay room that other teams were all, all kind of doing all this type of stuff. And this is again, before the baseball commissioner came out and said, Hey, if you're doing this stuff, cut it out because the next time, the next time this happens, oh my goodness, am I going to drop the hammer? Now, is it a surprise to anyone that Major League Baseball swept things under the rug? Is that a surprise to every scandal in Major League Baseball? Their first reaction is to sweep it under the rug. Interesting that you have this report that baseball swept something under the rug on the same day, basically, or the same weekend that a documentary about the, uh, the, the, the race to the home run title between McGuire and Sosa was airing uh, as a 30 for 30, right? I mean, like, talk about sweeping things under the rug. Of course baseball swept it under the rug. But then you had Astros players, Carlos Correa being the, the one that I saw the most, tweeting out, oh, see the Yankees? The Yankees were cheating too. This is almost like when you when you yell at one of your kids for doing something wrong and they point out the other kid was doing something similar when they weren't really doing anything similar. What the Astros did was a whole – what the Yankees are accused of doing. And look, again, I have the right to change my mind if more information comes out. I base my opinions on the facts that I know at that time. As the facts change, sometimes my opinion changes. But what they have shown so far, A, everybody was kind of doing these type of things. And this is not really any different than the typical sign stealing that has gone on in baseball for a 100 years. But let's say something more comes out. 
some type of smoking. Oh, my goodness, this is something we had never heard before in association with the Yankees. Well, here's the nice thing. Here's the big thing. Cheating is not a big deal. We now know that. That was the message of the Astros cheating scandal. Remember, Rob Manfred said, if you get caught doing these things again, we are going to drop the hammer. I am going to drop the hammer. And we found out from the punish. Let's put it this way. Whatever the Yankees ended up doing, it's not going to be worse than a systematic program to cheat your way to a World Series title. So it's essentially baseball has sent you the message. Whatever you can get away with, get away with. And if you get caught, yeah, I mean, look, you might lose a manager. You might get a GM fire. But the owner, eh, he'll be fine. The players, they'll be fine. Maybe you'll lose a draft pick. But again, what baseball has told you is that cheating is not really that big a deal. The integrity of the game, not really that big of a deal. Not enough to really raise a stink. Yeah, the commissioner, he'll do whatever he can do. You know, a little bit here, a little bit there. You know, he can he can punish a manager. He can certainly put the, the word out there that Carlos Beltran needs to be fired from a job that he just got hired at. But in terms of actually punishing the people who took part in the scandal, who actually benefited from the scandal, nah, it's not that big a deal. So I don't know what the, the, the result of this letter is going to be. I don't think it's going to be that big of, a, of an issue. And I'll be honest with you, if it were any team outside of the Yankees, maybe the Red Sox, but certainly outside of the Yankees, this would pass without even a blip. Nobody would even notice. Nobody would even care. But no matter what comes out about it, it's not really that big a deal. And the reason why I can say that with level of confidence is, is because baseball has told you it's not a big deal. Big stories this morning, obviously, the Major League Baseball back and forth, which apparently the the negotiations, at least that part of it is over now. The players rejecting the owner's latest proposal, the owners rejecting the player's latest proposal, the players sending a letter to the owners in the league. You know what? Just tell us where to show up and when to show up and uh, how many games you're going to be playing. So at least we now can get down to brass tacks. And that ties into our poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. And it is if baseball sets it at, what, 50 games, which better describes where you're at. Either A, I'll take it, or B, don't bother. You can certainly get in on that. But uh, let's get some phone calls involved at 1-800-919-ESPN. We'll go out to, oh, here's our man. Congratulations to Lewis and Whippany. Lewis and his wife just uh, had baby number two. Uh, what was it, Friday, Lewis? Hey, how you doing, Gordon? Yeah, it was I'm, Friday. Congratulations, my friend. Little boy, little girl, what you get? Little boy, we didn't know. So you didn't know. Nice. That's good. Good yeah. job. You know, we, my wife and I, we have two, and uh, you know, each time we thought, you know, what, maybe we'll just try to have it as a surprise, but we could never do that. So um, yeah. well, we, we just couldn't uh, wait that long. Well, my wife couldn't wait, and I just told her, just don't give me any hints whatsoever. I, I really nice. don't want to know. Yeah. Congratulations, my friend. Yeah, yeah, thanks. But uh, you know, we all know why I'm calling. You know, to pretty much call you. Uh, uh, and I'm going to take this from, I forget his name, the guy that called Michael K a Yankee boy, because that's what you're being right now. You're, you're definitely being a Yankee. Okay, so what parts of my argument about the Yankees are wrong? 
so it's not so much the argument; it's the fact that when so the so you're all, so the first thing out of the, your mouth is that, that nothing that I've said is wrong. <laughs> yes, nothing I just said is wrong. It's fine. Okay, good. That's all right. not the problem. That's okay. not the problem. All right. The problem is that you just don't like the facts. When, no, no, no. The problem is when the Astros cheated and won the championship. When my Boston Red Sox cheated and won the championship, there was a problem because they won the championship. It's not my fault. The Yankees suck at cheating, man. And I told you when they when both. Well, the it's not that they the suck Astros at cheating. Won. They just don't cheat. They don't cheat to the level of the Astros and the Red Sox. I mean, no, no, but no, no, look no, no. They're, at, they're, at this point. Uh, at this point, they obviously that. should. I mean, but what baseball has told you is that if you do that. Nothing. But, I mean, the 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 Astros especially. I mean, they didn't really get any punishment to begin with, and now but, considering what this season is going to look like, they're. I mean, but Jeff Lou now can be back in, in the drop of a hat. AJ Hinch, I'm sure he'll be back in 2021, assuming there is yes, a 2021. He He's a good coach. He will. But look, I told you when everything happened. The Yankees were cheating. The Yankees were cheating every single day. That well, I told you look, you if that, you're you saying that sign stealing, as as <clears throat> as documented, uh, as we've heard a thousand, you know, for a hundred years, people have been trying to break signs, break signals, that type of stuff. You try to relay it to the players in the field. That's one thing. You don't putting know in that. an institutional system where you're but banging you on a garbage can. To let people know in real time what's coming because you have a video camera set up in center field, you understand <laughs> the the idea of degrees of things, right? Like even though some things are kind of in the same area, there are degrees. I understand. And what that, the Astros did is a far greater degree. It's the highest degree you could have of cheating. But that's what I'm trying to tell you. You keep putting the 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 Yankees in this pedestal. They're angels. You don't. No, know no, 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 no. I, know, I never said that. Never, no, never once. What you're that. doing, but no, you don't know. Not. You don't know. Then that's what I keep trying to tell you for the last three years. You don't know exactly how much well, you're doing. Well, look, Lewis. Congratulations caught. on the baby. Congratulations <laughs> you. to your wife who did all the work. Uh, but yes, you're, you're completely wrong because a this is almost like the steroid stuff. And why I don't get crazy about the steroid stuff is because while I don't know all the people and all the ins and outs. It seems like it was one of those things that everybody was kind of doing, right? There was like this open secret that you weren't going to get punished. You weren't going to – nothing was going to happen to you. And um, so it's kind of hard to get all worked up about this one or that one when it seems like everybody was kind of using it. The the sign stealing or, or, or sign stealing in general in Major League Baseball has been something that has been going on for forever, there's a reason why you have signs, right? You don't want the hitter to know what pitch is coming, right? It would be one thing if you could just, hey, we're going to go fastball here. You know, there's a reason why you have signs. You don't want the hitter to know. And there's a great benefit to the hitter knowing what pitch is coming, despite what the Astros would tell you. Nah, it didn't really help us all that much. No, of course not. <laughs> knowing what pitch was coming wouldn't help you all that much. No, of course not. Don't be silly. Um, but there's there's a normal part of sign stealing and if you want to say okay they used a dugout phone i don't know what they use the dugout phone for but what we'll find out what that is but that the players stationed themselves in the replay room to kind of i you know break the signal it seems like again that's something that every team was doing but here's the good news it doesn't matter what the yankees were doing or not doing because major league baseball let you know by their punishment, they told you this was going to be the hammer being dropped. And we saw it was really no punishment at all.
Let's go out to Spike in Jersey. Spike, what's going on, my man? Good morning, my friend. Hey, I got good news and good news. The good news is I have two Papillon dogs. If you don't know what they look like, look it up. I told Brian okay. the same. Hey, the good news, real good news, I got to feed them at 5.30 every morning in their yard. So I could, uh, at least until Wednesday, so I can call you. First of all, on the uh, this Yankee thing in baseball, why don't they just play 12 games? Let's play 12 games and let's play first. Remember the 13-run pool when you were a kid? Yeah, sure. Okay, let's play till someone gets to 13. And make it interesting. I am so sick of this garbage. And, and I've said it before. I've said it to you. I've said it to others on the station. The way this world is, and under these conditions, the unmitigated goal for this crap to be tossed out in public while people, thank God Lewis had a healthy baby, but be tossed out in public while a pandemic and social inequalities going on is beyond belief. Play ball and shut up. I don't want to sound like a trite person. I'm not. You know me. I take things pretty lighthearted. Play ball already. I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't know how disenchanted you're getting with it, but I'll watch it because I'm a fan. But right. I'm just so sick of this already. Yeah. Well, look, I'm an idiot. I, I, I'll be the first to admit to you I'm a sucker and I'm an idiot. And if they play, I'll be there because I'm an addict no, and you know, the Yankees are good and I want something to watch every single night. Uh, but no, that. look, I think that more people, Spike, agree with you uh, and, and think that that's the general consensus at this point is like play. And if you don't play, I, I don't really think many people will miss it. It's, it's, I feel bad for the people I, whose livelihoods are affected by it. And I don't mean the players. I mean, you know, people yeah. that, you know, work on these networks and work at the games and stuff like that. But, yeah, I think that that's the, the general consensus at this point. Yeah, enough is enough. It's it's like arguing with a kid or something. You, you see, your parents, so you could put down the law, and then it gets to a point you can't. But it's just every day there's more important things. With the commissioner, put the 48 games or whatever he's got in his back pocket, put it out there, give a date, and, and let's, let's, let's forget about it, please. It's just uh, I'm an old guy. I'm getting sick of this stuff already. Yeah, I mean, well, look, I mean, the good news, and I, look, you take any good news you can get at this point, right? And the good news is is that the, the players are not going to negotiate anymore. So we don't have to hear the back and forth anymore of uh, this deal or that deal or this portion of the salary. That por- They can just institute whatever, and if they can't come up to an agreement on the health and safety stuff, well, then there's not going to be a season. But again, as I said, the, 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 the MLB conversation at this point is nails on a chalkboard. It's a mosquito flying by your ear. The best example, Nickelback playing a concert at the DMV. I just don't want to hear it anymore. The good news is, is you don't have to hear me anymore. The show's over. <laughs> Look at that. Already, we rolled through another one of these. Please uh, vote on the poll question. It's on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. We'll be back tomorrow, a nice Tuesday program, which hopefully will not feature nearly as much baseball conversation. Look at that. We'll see you tomorrow at 5, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.